brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus and his disciples set out for the villages of Caesarea Philippi. Along the way, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They said in reply, John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others one of the prophets. But he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter said to him in reply, you are the Christ. Then he warned them not to tell anyone about him. He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. He spoke this openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. At this, he turned around and, looking at his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does but as human beings do. He summoned the crowd with his disciples and said to them, whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. And whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and that of the gospel will save it. The gospel of the Lord. So what are they saying about me? Who do they say that I am? Jesus gives those questions to the disciples and they answer with the names of the prophets. But they would soon see that Jesus is the new Adam, the new Moses. And Peter answered him, he said, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the living God, the Messiah the anointed one that Israel so longed and hoped for. But Jesus was not looking for people to just admire him or to be put up as a powerful and ruling king. Just the opposite. He wanted his new followers, his new disciples, to know that their new life will be one of paradoxes, that they would need to accept suffering, like the suffering servant of of Isaiah. And for the first time in this gospel, in Mark's gospel, Jesus finally opens up. He tells them of things that are going to happen to him. Things like rejection, suffering, death, and then ultimately resurrection. These new followers would now be living a life of self-giving, a life of service and living beyond themselves. And that is what we are called to do. As part of our baptism, we were commissioned to love like Jesus, love others, and follow him. When asked the question, what does the Lord require of us, Micah puts it beautifully. Act justly, love with kindness, and walk humble with God. And when we do that, it opens up to a new life. When we die to ourselves, it allows us to rise, rise to a new life with God. And it's a life that takes evil and transforms it to good. It's a life that when we hate, it gives us love. And when we have resentment 
of the people who trespass and hurt us. It converts us to forgiveness. But often these paradoxes, these contradictions, are very hard to accept and very hard to live. And in this gospel, God, Jesus kind of understands that, doesn't he? He reminds us that this gospel message is really, you are thinking not as God, but as humans do. You're not thinking like God. So here's a story that may help us to think like God. And it's a story from the writer, Brian Doyle. So I want you to put yourself in your mind, actually across the street. It's not about the Hingham Post Office, but think of yourself at the post office. I had a brief chat with God the other day, and it was at the United States Post Office. God was manning the counter from one to five, as he does every blessed day. And God actually says, have a blessed day. And he means it. You never saw a more patient being. He never loses his cool, and believe me, he could. I would. I have been in the line behind the crazies at that window, and I have heard the verbal abuses, the character assassinations, and never once did I see him witness any flash of temper in response to those crazies in the line. I have asked him how he could maintain his cool, and he says things like, I tried to put myself in their position. Witnessing to them is just part of the job. All storms blow over, and it's only frustration. There are so many more serious things, and we all, in the end, are just neighbors. Brian Doyle continues in the essay, saying, I am impressed by these sentiments in part because I share them consistently, but only in theory and not always in practice. God, however, does not waver or stop loving. He stands there quietly as people bang their fists on the counter and offer rude remarks and stomp away muttering to themselves. He does not smile when someone gets upset. He says that he's learned that some people get more upset when you smile at them. I know some people like that. I think you do too. He listens to what they say, and often I notice he takes a note on a pad as he leaves. He makes a note because he thinks it's a good point, and it may be something that they might want to discuss with management. Often, he says, a complaint is actually a good point because it may be a way that we could serve them better. He remembers pretty much every regular by name when they come to the window and to the booth, and he greets them politely by name. Sometimes he inquires about the children and the animals. You see, dogs adore God, and they sometimes rear up right to the counter to see him better. He greets them politely by name, saying he might even know about a couple of hundred dogs by name. But hardly any cats. People don't bring cats to the post office. And God asked him 
as Brian's leaving the post office, he says, do you want to use the book rate for the package? I'll save you five bucks. So he says, yes, sir, and thank you. And then he reminds him to have a blessed day. But then, as he's walking out of the post office, he thinks. And here's what he writes. If during our astonishing and blessed lives we cannot see God in this wonderfully and eternally gracious gentleman at the post office, then we're really bad at the religion we claim to practice. Do we really believe that God is available everywhere? If only we remove the beam from our lives and bow in humility and gratitude for the miraculous, which touches all beings and is withheld from none, so it is, I have seen God at the United States Post Office, and I spoke to him and been edified and elated by his wonderful and awesome grace. So here is the faith question for us. Is this Jesus that we honor and worship everywhere? Is this God of us, of ours, everywhere? I think so. He is everywhere. And I know that he's not far. We find him in our prayer, in all of the sacraments, where we get God's forgiveness, his healing, his grace, and soon in the most intimate of ways, we will have intimate communion with Jesus in the sacrament of the Eucharist. It seems to me that I often find God in most unusual places. So it's Friday night. Kathy and, my, and I kind of go out for a regular date, usually on Friday night. We go to a different restaurant every week. And even if it's a crazy week, and she might be upset at me, she smiles and still goes to dinner with me. So Friday night, we were at the Hook and Harvest in situ right on 3A. And one of our parishioners came over to me, recognized me. In fact, he recognized me at Lowe's three weeks ago. He's like tracking me. And we kind of laughed about it. And he said, oh, I'm, why are you doing all way in situate from Hingham? He said, uh, oh, well, we're here to celebrate my parents' wedding anniversary. So he went over to the table. Kathy and I ate. In fact, before we were leaving, we walked over to the table. There were about 11 of them grandchildren, some adult children, and then the happy couple. I found out it was their 50th wedding anniversary, and they had traveled in from out of town to be with the family. I couldn't believe it. They looked so young. They were so joyful and so youthful. I couldn't believe it was, they were married 50 years. So I said, would you like to have a blessing? So the entire table put their right hand up, and I led the blessing of gratitude for 50 wonderful years of marriage. But then I ended by asking in front of the whole table, I said, what is your secret to success? So the husband and the wife nodded in agreement. There's a clue there. <laughs> he said, you just have to like one another. You just have to like one another. 
Is it that simple? Is it that simple? Maybe it is. But one thing I know for certain is a moment of listening to the simple wisdom of this married couple, married for 50 years. Everyone at that table had a brief talk with God. And we were reminded that when we start thinking like God, we find his presence and we find his amazing grace everywhere.